0: Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, delighted to have you here. Um, I'm especially delighted to have you here because, as we will talk about shortly, you're a football player. I am. Your quarterback. Yes. Season opens this weekend.
1: It does. How Saturday, you Saturday, 12 o'clock.
0: So 12 o'clock right here. People can come to the game.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Students get in free.
0: Yep. Students, and I think all campus community members, that's an administrative detail that you probably don't know. But I don't I want think, to
1: give the wrong answer.
0: I, I think if you can flash a logger ID card,
1: you're, in the you're game. good to go. Because yeah. I've
0: done it before, but they might have just been... Benevolent to me.
1: We'll take all the fans we can. But
0: everybody should come. Yeah. And how are you guys feeling about the start of the season?
1: We're very excited. Yeah. Uh, this was our uh, first opponent last season
0: CMS. Uh, their
1: familiar face. Mm-hmm. And we're ready to get this preseason rolling.
0: And you also, not to be too uh, congratulatory, but you beat them last season.
1: Yeah, in a close game. In a close uh, game, came out by 10. Yeah, a little bittersweet that day. I uh, went down with an injury.
0: I did not know that. In
1: the fourth quarter. Oh. Um, but. Seamless with the team, we uh, came back and won that game. Yeah, and we had a great year after that. But we're ready to improve, definitely.
0: Well, and I actually want to talk about the year that you had last year because I did a little bit of my own homework, and mm-hmm. it really was an extraordinary year. A lot of records set in the conference. You were one of two quarterbacks who threw for more than a thousand yards last year. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. I understand that you had a game where you threw for five touchdown passes. Yeah, uh, that's a big year, folks. I think seven or eight players on the All Northwest Conference team, mm-hmm. an All American nod. What's it feel like to come off that year and into the next season?
1: Um, you know, we are proud of all those accomplishments, definitely. We, we're we really happy about them, but that win category is the one we really want to be all-conference in. Yeah. So uh, all eyes are set on that. And if we get some all-conference nods on the way, that's just a bonus.
0: <laughs> what has the preseason looked like this year? How have you guys been preparing to get, kick things off?
1: Uh, so this is my fifth fall camp I've had mm-hmm. with my injury my junior year. Uh, We kind of definitely toned it down a little bit with putting as much tax on our bodies Mm -hmm. and really focused on our mental work. And we've definitely focused on Claremont. Like, (laughs) you know, we've been really, really, really excited to play them. And we know that we can come out hot. And we know that we have a lot of expectations on us because of the year that we had last year. Yeah. Um, AJ had 12 catches that game. So they're probably going to be watching for him. him. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. But. uh, no, we're ready. We're excited.
0: Is there anybody else, obviously, you want to look to your first game and really have that front of mind. For you, are there any other games that you think of as really being standouts in the season, things people should keep their eyes out for? Uh,
1: you know, definitely the rivalry games. always yeah. a big one. <laughs> uh, but honestly, just that game one is all our, we're focusing on. Um, I don't even have my schedule in front of us, but I could point out the big home games. Yeah. We have six this year. Yeah. Uh, that's something I've never had. A lot of opportunities
0: to come watch loggers play football.
1: Yeah. Um, but we're going to keep the focus on game one right now. Excellent. That's what we've been stressing all camp, so.
0: Good. And you come back a little early for camp. So when did you guys start this year?
1: We started on August 14th, I believe. Yeah. Um, so
0: about 10 days before first-year students move in. Yeah. Maybe 15, 16, before everybody else shows up.
1: Definitely. And that's, that's good for the freshmen, I think, to get mm-hmm. that little advantage of having that campus knowledge. And, yeah being With each other for a while, and it's also kind of distracting, I bet, for them when the freshmen come in. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they've done a great job at keeping their head in their playbooks and just focusing on logger football.
0: Was that your experience when you started as a freshman? That yeah. it was nice to be able to come a little ahead of time, mm-hmm. meet the team, get to know the coaches, Definitely. settle in.
1: I felt like I had such a leg up over. All the other people as far as, like, getting my foot in the door with campus. Yeah. I uh, even got to meet a few professors early. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that great stuff.
0: And how did you—what brought you up here? You're from the Bay. You're from Danville. Yeah. How did you get from Danville to Tacoma? What was that process You just like? Sound
1: found me, actually. <laughs> um, my senior year of high school, I didn't start, so it put a little bump in the road for recruiting. Right. Uh, I suffered a broken hand on my throwing hand.
0: Yeah, that'll, that'll do injuries it. injuries
1: to my throwing arm. Holy smokes. <laughs> uh,
0: in, in that year or over your career? No,
1: over my career. Two years. year. Um, <laughs> let's see. I went to, so I got all my money basically. That's a phrase. Uh, all my money from <laughs> camps. Uh, that's where I would get my recognition. Yeah. So there was one camp, the NFTC Nike camp in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a former coach that attended that camp. And there was 70 quarterbacks at that camp. I wore a white hat to stand out. <laughs> and Coach Ramsey... Uh, who is now on to another school, uh, approached me, found me, said, Puget Sound. And I thought it was a music school or a technology right. school. I had no idea. Because sound? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do a little bit of research, look up the campus. And I was like, wow, this place is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he invited me up. And then I ended up taking three visits. Wow. Um, I ended up not even looking at schools without football as a consideration. Yeah. And the Division One, Division Two out wasn't really an option. Mm-hmm. But I was picking between some Southern California schools sure. and the now closed program Menlo College in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, but after those visits, I definitely felt like I had a family up here. Because I went to some other schools, and it wasn't really, wasn't really what I was feeling. Uh, yeah. But my host was great. Uh, Brent McCoy, if you know him. Yeah, I do
0: know Brent McCoy, (laughs) yeah.
1: Love that guy. He made me feel like I was home. I felt wanted here. And it was an easy decision at that point.
0: And maybe if you can talk a little bit more about kind of what that experience of coming to campus was like, what all you did, because I think. As a senior in high school? Mm hmm. Because I think a lot of folks with my job, especially in admission, talk about kind of these big, non specific concepts, right? You'll find your fit or you'll feel like you're home. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes it creates this sense for current seniors in high school like, oh, I'm going to have this like moment where the lights turn on. Yeah. Was definitely. it like that for you? Was it more gradual?
1: Um, so I came to a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, I went to a camp first, Okay. did a camp, and then I came to a game during the season. Yeah. Uh, from the moment the game ended, Brent found me <laughs> and took me over to where he was staying at, at the time, and I just immediately felt like one of their f- friends in their friend right. group. So that was like, from the jump, I had that really good first impression. Um, but it definitely all clicked when when I got to come back a second time, mm-hmm. and it wasn't any different. Yeah. But that's what I liked.
0: Right. That nobody was like putting it on yeah. the first time.
1: No. So um, I got to show up, hang out with them for another night, and I brought two teammates that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I, I felt like I was recruiting for them yeah. at that point. Like <laughs> I was recruiting for Puget Sound, and I hadn't even committed yet. Right. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty bought in early. Yeah. And it was, it was a no brainer for me.
0: And I would love to hear you talk a little bit too about how football figured into your decision-making process about where to go to college and Mm -hmm. how to come to school. And one of the reasons I bring it up, I'm also a D3 athlete. I played four years of lacrosse here. I think that there is sort of a public narrative about college sports being the only thing that you're going to do, the only thing that you're going to think about. And that is different in D3. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still serious. It still matters for a lot of us. It's still Mm -hmm. a really big part of our experience. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: So football was my ultimate mindset. As far as I'm going to go to college and play. Right. That's what I wanted. That's to
0: non-negotiable. Uh,
1: then is when I started to differentiate between schools was the academics as well. Mm-hmm. And I would not stop hearing about how good the school was. And I was having a conversation with some adult back home <laughs> uh, that I didn't know that well. Yeah. But I was talking about the schools I had a chance to go to. Mm-hmm. And I brought up Puget Sound and he was blown away. Yeah, almost shocked that I was able to get a look from this kind of school, <laughs> this prestigious uh, school. So I don't know. I would, that kind of that was another moment of clarity right there. Yeah. I was like, wow, I have the opportunity to go somewhere that people admire as a very academic campus.
0: Right.
1: So um, yeah, I wish I almost if I could go back, I would definitely would have attended a class. Yeah. At my visit. Yeah. But it would have just been another reason to pick the school.
0: Right. Was that your experience when you got here, too, of like, oh, all par- all parts of this are for real? This yeah. football program's for real. These yeah. classes are for real.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, that fall camp as a freshman, mm-hmm. as a returner, you, you'll find out it's much easier yeah. uh, when you're a freshman coming on campus and you get that camp schedule and you have your next <laughs> 21 days lined up. Right. 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. packed. Right. And that was back when we had double days, too. So
0: Yeah, you're doing two-a-days. The younger
1: guys are <laughs> – they, <laughs> they got the good end. They, they haven't <laughs> seen that. But – um. It was definitely stressful not knowing what's next, Yeah, uh, going throughout the day, going, when's the practice? When's the second practice? We have right. three meetings today. Right. Like, oh, my God. F- football is the real deal out here. Yeah. And that's why I've always defended D3 to anyone that mm-hmm. doesn't really realize that because not only are we doing, like, the same amount of time put in, but those classes on top are no joke. It's, right. Uh, I remember the my first semester, I only took three classes. Yeah. And I still felt like I had a full plate. And my right. roommate at the time had four, and he was stressing out every day, and... I adjusted well,
0: mm-hmm. definitely.
1: Uh, the best advice I ever got was sit in the front.
0: Yeah. That, that actually was, is great advice. That was
1: you forced. You have to learn at that point. Yeah. And showing up and sitting in the front, you've already set yourself up for a pretty mm-hmm. good start. <laughs> and that helped me, definitely.
0: What are you studying?
1: So I am one class away from my business degree. Mm-hmm. That's like the fifth year situation is I got my all my requirements for my major. I'm a business major. Mm-hmm. With an econ minor that I got done in my junior year, yeah. Uh, so now I'm in the senior seminar, strategic management consulting.
0: Cool. What happens in that class?
1: So I it's Lynette Claire's class. Um, she's
0: a she's the head of the extraordinary professor. Yeah, yeah.
1: I took her entrepreneurial arts, mm-hmm. uh, which is somewhat of an intro to that class. Yeah. Where we got to work with a firm in Tacoma the whole semester. Uh, I worked with Symphony Tacoma.
0: And doing what What kind of stuff?
1: So you get into teams, mm-hmm. and then you approach them, and they tell you something they want done. They're what a do client. They, what do they want? Yeah. They are a client, yeah. So we spent the entire semester trying to diversify their audience and mm-hmm. setting up a plan for them on how. Sure. It was two years ago, so I'm, I can't really get into the full yeah. detail, details of our report. Um, but
0: their audience in terms of like people who attend the symphony.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, it
0: seems like a reasonable goal.
1: Yeah. Um, so they wanted to... Age, race, mm-hmm. gender, all of it. They, they were kind of feeling like they had one type of audience. Yeah. So we, we spent the entire semester trying to figure out how they could do that. And we organized teams for them to create, places for them to hire, programs for them to set up. And they were blown away by the end of it. It was, it was really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy we were working with actually ended up leaving the symphony. He got a job offer somewhere else yeah. and still took our proposal and gave it to the person <laughs> coming in. Yeah, because he I guess he valued it because he thought much. this is yeah. good. Yeah,
0: right. This is this is not just a learning opportunity for these students, but this is useful to yeah. us yeah. as an organization. We were very happy
1: about that. We were. Yeah, our, Lynette was excited about that too. The fact yeah. that he gave us that nod.
0: Yeah, and that class builds into the senior seminar you're taking now.
1: I don't I don't know if it's directly an intro mm-hmm. to it, but it has the same setup. Sure. And Lynette told us yesterday on our first day that this is going to be a grueling semester. We're going to put 10 hours of work outside of class each week. Mm-hmm. So we have a hundred page report. Coming. Holy smokes! So this uh, we're doing a little speed dating session next class <laughs> where we get to pick our groups and figure yeah. out what we're going to do, and uh, I'm excited to see who I get. I'm hoping to find the something in real estate because there's two options there.
0: Right? Is that kind of your area of interest? You think going yeah, out of college? Yeah, I uh,
1: always wanted to do the agent, uh, sports agent, sports management route. Right. Um, and then I took law and ethics. Yeah. And all that reading and. It wasn't really my strong suit, I felt. Yeah. And I still wanted the idea of clientele, though. Right. So uh, law school kind of veered away from that. Sure. Uh, And then I found out that I could still have this clientele-type relationship with people in real estate because I have a lot of family in real estate, uh, friends doing it, friends that I have aspirations with that we want to do. Yeah. And I thought, like, how could I link those two? And the overall goal one day would be – have a real estate firm that specializes in locating athletes when they switch teams.
0: Oh, that's a cool idea.
1: So I'm going to try to grow on that one.
0: Right. Ever wonder what Repelling, a research symposium, and different types of MOSS have in common? I'm Tori Henson, Assistant Director of Admission and Transfer Admission Coordinator at Puget Sound. And you can go to pugetsound.edu slash stories to find out the answer. That's one of the things that actually has come up over and over and over in the conversations I've had on this podcast with students who do all kinds of different stuff is people saying, well, I thought I was going to do X and then I had whatever experience. I took a class, mm-hmm. I met a friend, I talked to a professor, and now I'm doing something totally different, but mm-hmm. that actually is like a slightly better fit for my mm-hmm. interests or my skills or my strengths. And I just wasn't doing it before because I didn't know about it mm-hmm. until I got to college, or Absolutely. I had never had space to sit down and really think about how does this work.
1: Yeah. I uh, And I don't want to knock on law and ethics at all. <laughs> uh, it was a great class. I had, yeah. I had a great experience with Professor Johnson, but uh, I just realized that that wasn't my strength. Mm-hmm. And when I found that path in real estate, I was – I really loved the idea of having clientele still and being able to communicate with someone not in almost a business format but being able to take someone out to eat, being able to right. build relationships and connections because that's all that's all it's about is networking.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is almost um – this is not really the like narrative that people use around finding what you want to do, but I think it is just as important to figure out what you don't want to do, mm-hmm. right? And when, one of my favorite things any professor I ever had at Puget Sound has ever said to me is, I did a summer research project while I was here, and I did a really terrible job. <laughs> like, I had got this research grant to fly to Malaysia, and I was going to study tourism there, Um all of which I did, but I had never done it before, right? Real steep learning curve mm-hmm. to figuring out how to do that. And so I came back and said to my faculty advisor, you know, I, like, I don't think I did a good job here. And she said, well, then that's a productive failure. Like your your yeah. product is not what you wanted, but did you learn something? Did you get better? Did you become a more interesting human being? Are you going to do a better job the next time? Do you have a sharper sense of where you want to go with your life?
1: Yeah. Failure yeah. is definitely just an opportunity for growth.
0: Yeah. And to me, that's a big part of the experience at a place like Puget Sound is that the conditions are created for you to be able to do that.
1: absolutely. I wish I could think of off top some – I know there's multiple things where I could parallel that exact situation. Yeah off top they're not coming right now well
0: and i was thinking about it a little bit because of your law and ethics experience which failure is kind of a charged word and that's not mm-hmm. what you described but what you get out of that is not like oh yes this is exactly what i want for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but what you get out of it is oh i think i'm going to tweak this slightly and head in this other direction
1: yeah i definitely felt that switch in a uh, dr matthews class mm-hmm. in his leadership seminar yeah where the first day of class not his seminar uh his leadership three uh I can't think of the number right now. Yeah, but his uh, it's an upper level his course. His intro, though. his intro to his thesis. Yeah. Uh, day one, he told all the class that w- he was our client. Right. Uh, so the whole semester, we were emphasizing the fact that this was our client. You're not going to show up late to a meeting with the client. You're not going to miss a meeting with the client. If you have something that you have to give the client, and I was like, wow, like I really like this kind of idea. Right. And that's. In addition, where I found my path.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is a concept that I would imagine is reinforced through really all parts of your experience, Mm because that's the same thing in an athletic program also. Oh, yeah. Right? You show up on time. You act right. You have standards. Mm
1: -hmm. That athletic experience is something I wish I could share with everyone, how Mm -hmm. people think it's just showing up for practice, maybe a couple workouts. Right. But dealing with adversity, dealing with authority, accountability, responsibility— It's all, all bundled into one and so many life lessons that you don't even realize you're learning, Mm -hmm. but just kind of dealing with things as you go, injuries, dealing with those, it's all preparing you for the real world. I definitely, definitely believe that.
0: Can you think of an example off the top of your head?
1: Um, of?
0: Of just that kind of experience, right? What's something that's happened in athletics that is, is obviously transferable in that way to the rest of your life?
1: Yeah. Uh. Six a.m. lifts is a great one.
0: <laughs> Spring
1: semester, every every weekday, we're waking up at 5.35 and going to get our butts kicked <laughs> <laughs> to go uh, work out. Um, we stress mental toughness there. Yeah. And the hardest part, after you've done it for a while, the hardest part is just waking up. Yeah. Everyone's dreading going and working out. But when you get up in the morning and you force yourself to do that every day, there's not many things that affect you that hard after right and I'm being dramatic but it's like the, Na- no, how the really. Navy SEALs train yeah you know they they have the hardest training around so no matter what they face they've been through worse right and uh I realized that this summer when I I cleaned the dorms this summer mm-hmm. uh, I stayed around to work out and be ready for football season but yeah. I was cleaning all the dorms on campus
0: that's your job uh, uh, this summer yeah yeah
1: this summer uh it started at 6 a.m. every day, mm-hmm. and people were not fond of that. Right. And my teammate and I, Jason, was like, this is easy. Like, right. We just got to wake up. We did right. this all year.
0: We can get up at 6 a.m. and go to work.
1: Yeah, and I was happy yeah. because when fall camp started, I considered that sleeping in. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were getting up at 7, 8 every day, so I was like, oh, wow. So it's just kind of things like that, dealing with taking bad things and turning them into good things is, yeah. is very – it's easier for me to do now.
0: yeah. Well, and the other thing that I think is obvious if you've been an athlete, but is not always obvious if you're not, is how closely the athletic experience parallels not just the rest of your life, but also school Mm -hmm. and how really they are complementary, particularly at a D3 school. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people and really just a lot of the questions I get in my job now sort of are getting at, like, am I going to be able to go to class? Is my whole life going to be soccer or basketball or football or lacrosse? Am I ever going to be able to do anything else? And I I mean, I will ask you about this, but I bet your answer is yes. And two, there's a lot of good data that athletes actually are oftentimes more successful, more connected. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I will let you answer. But like (laughs) a lot of people have a higher GPA in season Mm -hmm. than out.
1: Definitely. That accountability and responsibility I was talking about earlier. People do not realize how much we stress academics. Yeah. This year, we're required to meet with our uh, professors in office hours at least once a week.
0: Required by the team.
1: By the team. Yeah. Yeah. we have study sessions. In the past, we've done it where it's study groups where seniors get with uh, freshmen who want to, or underclassmen in general, who are in the same you know, major path as them. Right. And they'd sit down and do homework with each other once a week. Sure. Uh, definitely in the season, we have better GPAs. And we're still doing football year-round, like I said, with the right. 6 same lifts and spring ball and stuff. But it's almost like the less time you have, the more productive you are yeah. in that situation. And in the springtime, you're given all this freedom. And you're like, wow, I have to which is another way to practice managing your time as right. well, getting that balance of freedom and then a more grueling schedule.
0: Yeah. Are you able to use any of that time in the spring to get involved in other ways on campus or in other stuff that just your time's too full in the fall?
1: Yeah, I haven't personally, Yeah. Uh, but definitely have the ability to. I've worked on on campus jobs where I've right. got to double my hours in the spring yeah. uh, and definitely more opportunity for school. Mm-hmm. And then – also expanding that social network, not just partying and stuff, but yeah. being able to reach out to people that you normally wouldn't be able to reach out to, right. sit with different people at the sub. Yeah. You're encountering your teammates a little bit less, mm-hmm. which is allowing you to broaden your horizons, definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that often comes up, like, in class, right? Where, for me, whenever I was in season, like, I would go to class. I was happy to be there. I love class. I'm mm-hmm. a big nerd in that respect. <laughs> um but I sort of had to have my head down, get my work done, mm-hmm. and get out. And when I was not in season, it was a little easier for me to, like, lean in, to have lengthier conversations, to make friends with the people in my classes, to, like, stand around for 15 minutes after and chat. Yeah. And it, there is just a slightly different rhythm to the mm-hmm. way you're able to do all the usual stuff.
1: Yeah. Which is also the benefit of a semester system, I thought. Yeah. Was that you get that one and two. Right. Yin yang. Uh, but... I spend definitely a little bit more time in the library second semester. (laughs) That's where I like to get my work done.
0: For somebody who is maybe a junior or a senior in high school, is thinking about playing football in college, is not totally sure what that path is going to look like for them, what do you say to that person generally and then also about the possibility of coming to Puget Sound?
1: Yeah. uh, You have to have a check with yourself. Like, is this something Mm -hmm. you really want to do? Because a lot of people will take the D3 route thinking it's – an intramural route right and it's It's not definitely not yeah and people do show up and people do realize that quickly some people take a couple years to realize it but if you don't really love it then i don't want to say it'll ruin that thing for you but it'll give you a different lens on it Mm -hmm. and you'll maybe end it on a different note um but i do encourage everyone to try because you can't really figure it out unless you you try it um but as far as Puget Sound goes, yeah, definitely come on and we'll have you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we're open doors.
0: For you personally, as you look at your senior year, what are some of your goals? What are you looking forward to this year? What's most exciting to you about this year?
1: We want a conference title. Mm-hmm. We want that very badly. That's uh, our coach told us the other day, Coach Raj, uh, the accolades are nice, but the banner will hang forever. Mm-hmm. And that's something that resonated very well with us. And as we mentioned earlier in this, you know, the, the accolades, are, they're sweet. Mm-hmm. They're cool to have. They're cool to post. We love seeing them. But the ultimate icing on the cake, we need that conference title. And that's what we're all focusing on.
0: Nick, we wrap up all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. First question is, what's your favorite place on campus?
1: Definitely the athletic training room. Yeah. In my time here, I've had two pretty serious injuries, and I've definitely spent most of my time there. (laughs) And we definitely appreciate everyone, Craig, Lisa, Jason, Tristan, Meredith, Alicia, Kira, and definitely all the student trainers. That's definitely my favorite spot on campus.
0: And just for anybody who doesn't know, the athletic training room is not the weight room.
1: No, it's not. It's the sports medicine center. So that's where you go when you get hurt. uh, If you have any knick-knack injuries, if you're trying to recover from an injury, Our staff's great.
0: Uh, What are you reading right now?
1: Um, Game of Thrones on the fiction side. Nice. I was a big fan of the show, so I'm going back and reading the books. I'm, like, almost done with the first one.
0: That's an accomplishment. Those are thick books. They are. Yeah.
1: But it's really it was really cool because it's literally, like, one season is one book. So I'm picturing all the people in it. Right. um, (laughs) Reading it in their voices and uh, definitely going all out with those. And then nonfiction. I've been... It's been taking me a while, but I've been trying to get through Jordan Belfort's book oh, on okay. the straight line selling system. I think they based the Wolf of Wall Street movie off it, Yeah, but that one's intriguing, too.
0: Huh. Best place to eat in Tacoma?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, if We're looking for fine dining?
0: Nope, wherever you like to go.
1: I do like CI shenanigans. That, Next ooh, to the Ram,
0: right on the water.
1: Yeah, they have good food over there. It's
0: a good place to take your parents. It is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of places that are only Tacoma, because there's places I go to all the time that are, you can find everywhere. Sure. But uh, <laughs> uh, if we're going breakfast, Shaka Bra for sure.
0: Right on Sixth Ave. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, Nick, what makes Puget Sound special?
1: The people I've met, 100. Mm-hmm. percent I know I've met lifelong friends here, and I know there's people I haven't met yet who are going to come to me because I went here. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to.
0: Nick Bernhardt, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I
1: appreciate it.